Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is John Blackman. John Blackman brings decades of engineering and management experience in the e-learning industry to his role as Chief Technology Officer of eLearning Brothers, a global provider of templates, custom design, authoring, and learning management tools, and training for professionals everywhere. Previously CEO of Trivantis, John has worked with a variety of brands and was involved in development and strategy for Trivantis, Focusoft, Electronic Data Systems, and IBM. He led the development of the leading authoring tool, Lectora, and the virtual reality course builder, Scenario VR. His efforts led to the filing of two separate patents in software and responsive course design. John holds a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering from Florida Institute of Technology. Well, good afternoon, John. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Awesome, John. I appreciate you jumping on and excited to talk to you. I know that uh, we've been kind of indirectly talking back and forth, but let's jump into the questions. You've got quite the career in technology as an engineer, developer, and now you're the Chief Technology Officer for eLearning Brothers. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Well, you know, really the key to growing your career is you have to create your own future. I mean, if you can develop something or get working in something that you're passionate about, you'll have no trouble putting forth the effort to be successful with it. I mean, and make no mistake, that's what it comes down to is effort. So you need to try to, you know, guide it yourself, create something yourself that you know you're going to want to do. I mean, you've got a solid basis for success when you're not trying to find time for your hobby away from your work. It's when your work is your hobby. That's when you're going to be successful at. And for inspiration, really, I think I'm inspired by working with great people. That kind of back and forth. When when the people you're working with are also really passionate and really great at what they do, that's what keeps you inspired, I think. My own personal experience, I've had the luxury of hiring and retaining many of these great people. And so, you know, when you can create your own inner circle, you know, you can you can get some really passionate people around you and that's going to keep the fire going all the time. That's awesome. I appreciate that. And really, you know, that engagement with great people and in retaining great staff is something that really resonates with me. And like you, John, we have very similar backgrounds. And that was really one of the things that inspired me as well. So thank you for sharing. And John, as you know, everybody globally has had to make major shifts to adapt to this new normal, right? Can't wait to go back to the old normal. But could you share with us what you're doing to help your organization stay relevant in this economy? Sure. I'm worried that we'll never get back to the old normal, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but I've always been one that, you know, I thrived in an environment where teams working together on projects are physically together. I was, I was big into going into the office and working in teams. I mean, there's a lot of advantages to that, right? You got quick informal talks. You're walking over to a person's desk, you know, just that that gives you a huge advantage. And in in software development, you know, technology, the, the area we're in, yeah, there's a lot of heads down, headphones on time, but there's also a lot of interaction, just small bits of interaction. And that's, that's what's lost now in this new normal, right? So we're at a point now where everything is remote. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone who worked in software is remote because you can be, absolutely. You know, so things like your daily standup, that suddenly has taken a lot more importance. I mean, sure, we still make sure we're all on the same page. We still make sure we're all marching in the same direction. But now you need to keep it a bit more light and open and make it like that walking over to someone's desk. I mean, Slack and Zoom, that's how business gets done these days, but it doesn't always have to be an official meeting going in. I mean, in the course of the day, you would normally walk over to someone's desk just to chat about how they were doing. That still needs to happen. It's just, you're not going to be next to them when you do it. You're just virtual. I think there has never been a time when the need to feel like you're part of the team has been greater than it is now. You really need to feel. And, And so if you're in that leadership role, you need to make sure everyone still feels like they're on that team and still has that same environment. You're absolutely right. I was just talking with another colleague of ours about this exact topic. So I appreciate you sharing that. 
And John, are you currently leveraging any new emerging technology within your tech stack? And maybe not. You could maybe just that cool app that you're using that you find useful and you might be able to share with our audience. I mean, one of the things that we've really gotten heavily into lately is uh, the virtual reality space. And so that, I mean, that's been really exciting. I mean, it's actually also a great example of creating my own future. So, you know, our company's been focused in e-learning for many years. And, uh, you know, we have products that are, you know, firmly entrenched in e-learning authoring, and they've been around for a long time. So a few years back, I, I was, thought it was really time to take a look at the, where the future of e-learning is going. So I really spent some solid time kind of researching where is it going and where does that align with what I want to do, right? Create your own future. And I actually saw that there was a huge unmet need in the industry around virtual reality. VR was, was out there. Lots of companies were creating bespoke VR training, and it was getting tremendous results. I mean, if you look at some of the research on that, I mean, the, the results with VR training is much better than with traditional training. But the problem was the cost of creating and maintaining VR training was just astronomical. And so I kind of realized that, hey, here's a cool field, something I'm very interested in. And we can really, you know, find a way for the average user to create virtual reality. So that got us into a whole level of technology that we hadn't really worked with before. So, you know, you're into a, you know, 3JS and, and you're working with, uh, you know, the headsets and all these different things. There's a lot more to that now. It's taken us in a whole new direction, but it's allowed us to create a tool similar to our other tools, but for creating virtual reality. So the average user can, you know, work with 3D objects and 3D space but keep it simple enough to, so that anyone can create content. That's awesome. I appreciate it. We talked with several folks recently on this show about some of the emerging tech and VR in this space. And it's simply amazing. It's just a great time to really live in this, I guess, fourth industrial revolution, right? As they call it. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's some really important. And John, this is the big question. This one here, my audience would like to know a little bit more about John Blackman. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in either technology or leadership? Sure. I'm going to have to turn on the Wayback Machine, I think, for a really good example. But I think about earlier in my career, one of the, probably the biggest turning point in my career was, was early on. And uh, I was working uh, with a company called Electronic Data Systems. I was actually on a contract at IBM. So I was working at IBM here in Boca Raton. I had a very good, steady job. I was getting paid well. And, you know, personally, I was actually at a point in my life where I had a one-year-old child and my wife was pregnant with our second child. So really not a time when you would make any kind of crazy change in life. But then I had an opportunity come up. I and several of my friends kind of saw a business opportunity and we're talking about forming a startup, literally quitting, all of us quitting our really good high paying jobs at IBM and starting a, starting a small company with no potential paycheck coming in at any time. It was you know, a very large life decision and, and you have to really consider that time what to do. I mean, it's, it's just literally the worst possible time to do it. So what did I do? I quit that high paying job and I jumped in with both feet into the startup. Like, yes, life was, life was tough and was struggling for a while. And the actual reality is that that startup only made it three years, but that startup, the failure of that startup led to this next startup and the failure of that next startup led to the next startup. And that next startup is where I am today, by the way. And I think that's the point is there, there's no good time to make that big move because the big opportunities, they don't really come around when you're in a good place to take advantage of those. And you have to realize that that big opportunity, you just got to jump and take it whenever you can. Take risks, try things you've never done before. And if it doesn't work, learn from it and move forward. I love that. I really do. Your resilience and your initiative and your determination is something obviously part of your qualities within your wheelhouse. So I appreciate that. And I know our audience will as well. And John, it was a pleasure having you on the show today, and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Awesome. Thank you very much. Bye for now. Bye.